0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to what is going to be our final live spaces effort. Of the year uh, at least of 2021' well, obviously we're going to be continuing to do this for quite some time but uh, we are very excited to be doing our year and wrap up with none other than Sarah Big Sarah thank you so much for joining us again tonight hi how are you I am not gonna lie I uh, I have been I have been stricken with the boobons I uh, I woke up this morning and i have the stuffy nose i have the sore throat i have all of the things so i have my test booked and i'm not going to be leaving the house until
1: i uh i get it but yeah. the, the amount of rapid tests i did this week was ridiculous I, was <laughs> I extremely think... sick again um
0: yeah I, I think we like... all have our our, our jazz voice is going on so it'll yeah. be a I'm it'll be the, a husky little show
1: i'm at the tail end of it i'm at the end of it but it's still very still there um because my daughter was sick again two weeks ago and we were in the hospital and and you know she's been coughing my face for a week so mommy got it <laughs> so uh. <laughs> it's all good <laughs>
0: It's uh yeah, it's yeah, because you were just you were just coming off the tail end of it last yeah last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's good it's good to know I have at least a week and a half to look forward of this.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Merry Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas indeed. Um So for anybody who's new to what we're doing here, and for those of you who are listening not live but on the podcast, every Sunday night, Sarah uh, joins us, and we talk about the events of Alberta politics for the week leading up to that day. But this is officially going to be our last show of 2021. So instead of breaking down the major political events of the last week, we're going to highlight what we thought were some of the biggest political events of the entire year. And as well, for those of you that are listening live, if at any point you want to, to jump in and, and, and share your observations or your thoughts or tell us what a bad job we're doing of things, all you have to do is do the little hand-raising thing in the uh, the Twitter Live corner, and we will make sure that we uh, we give you an opportunity to tell us what a bad job we're doing. Um so let's get started. I want, I'm going to let you go first, Sarah. And we're, I, I suppose in theory, we're counting down from 10 to to one. Um, but to, for everybody who's who's listening, just to be clear, Sarah and I have not coordinated any of this. I have my list. She has her list. I have a couple of backups just in case we manage to overlap a little bit. Wait, um, I have a
1: list?
0: Well, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> you don't. I
1: didn't look at it was- well, that's that's,
0: but well, as long as you checked it once, you didn't have to check it twice. It's the twenty sixth today. <laughs> so, what was your your bottom ranked choice, Sarah? The
1: bottom ranked choice was the Aloha Gate.
0: See, I was. That's. I'm so glad you went with that one because really, it was right at around this time a year ago that Aloha Gate was really starting to yeah. to kick up. So, why was Aloha Gate uh, important? And for anybody who is listening, who maybe is not entirely familiar with Aloha Gate, which granted is almost inconceivable, um, walk us walk us through it, Sarah.
1: So basically, so Aloha Gate started last year with, uh, well, it was our first Christmas through COVID and restrictions. Uh, I think we expected a lot from our elected representatives of the province. And uh, we found out that quite a few decided to leave the country to go under uh, the sun and get some extra vitamin D to go through the winter. Um, so it started with uh, Minister Lauren... Uh, the then Minister Alard. Uh she was in Hawaii because, you know, it was her family tradition. Um, so, you know, thoughts and prayers. Uh, I, I heard she's there this year as well. Um, we'll see how that goes when she comes back, if she's there. Uh, so that, and then, so everybody kind of, so there's a lot of people that will claim that they own the Aloha Gate, um there's journalists that already had the list who was involved into that vacation um scandal if you want uh so we had um and and some people we gotta give them credit some people on ab ledge were very um we trying to find some victims <laughs> i would say uh it was quite spicy it was quite time consuming to be honest um so some were convinced that Shandra went uh someone were convinced that you know uh kenny went uh it's also there was uh well i gotta say the the aloha gate kind of started with elard and jamie huckabee which was the premier chief of staff at the time He was in England, and then we found that Ren was in Mexico, and then Yao, we lost Mr. Yao for two weeks. We literally could not get a hold of him, Um, and then they kind of started to scramble to bring everybody back. Um, So that's my number 10.
0: I, I like the number 10. I, I do have to add a couple of little things to the, yeah. the number 10 story. So for us here, the, re, the way that we found out about it was um, – we got sent a DM and I don't know who the source uh, of the DM was because it was anonymous Uh, but we got sent a DM of one of actually two of the press secretaries for the government who posted a picture from their Instagram of their Hawaiian vacation oh right I forgot that I'm sorry yeah that's okay Um, and that kind of was I know there were a few other people who got sent the same DM um, but that kind of kicked off off the a lot of the conversation and i think a lot of the curiosity as to who went where why did they go and and all of that um so that's so that i just i just wanted to to throw that in there because it was fascinating how it went from in particular to me one of the the really surprising things to me was the fact that there were so many um people involved in particular, who are communication staff, and so the yeah. the I think one of the reasons that it it really resonated with so many people in such a negative way is because both the provincial and the federal governments have been saying to people, stay home, have a small Christmas, uh, don't don't go with your families. I mean, uh, over here at our our house, we did the entire Christmas via via Zoom. Um, we had both of the grandparents, some, both sides of the family, with the grandparents, they were, they were doing the zoom. And I think that a lot of people made some pretty major sacrifices to try to push forward. And then it came out that not only was it these, these press secretaries and staffers that were posting pictures on their social media about what a wonderful vacation they were having, but we started to see all of the, the, the ministers and the, the, the thing that struck me the most was the, the lame excuses. Um, and I have to give the best lame excuse prize to to Sonya Savage, who claimed that she had to go out to her cabin in BC to uh, check something right over the yeah. Christmas holidays. That was... Uh, I,
1: I, I, I kind of give her the benefit of the doubt on that one. She was not the biggest offender, let's be honest with you.
0: Oh, she wasn't, but it was the worst excuse. No. I mean, yeah. the, the the rest yeah. of the ones were kind of like, oh, well, we, we did a big thing badly. Um, yeah, we, we, we're embarrassed and we're not going to say anything. Oh, now we're going to lock down our social media and not make it public anymore. But the, the, the excuses that came out, and it is worth noting that there was one. UCP MLA who eventually ended up getting removed from caucus in no small part due to yeah. his uh, absolute refusal to acknowledge that he had done anything wrong by traveling internationally and posting super fun pictures. Yeah. So uh, so that's our number 10 then, the Aloha yeah. gate. I'm gonna follow up with a, a closely related but similar, Uh, for my, my, I guess we'll go number nine and that was the January 1st press conference. (laughs) So for me, this was such a pivotal moment in Alberta politics because on the heels of Aloha Gate, Jason Kenney came out on January 1st, which historically would be a day that nobody would be paying attention to really anything that's going on because it's the day after New Year's, it's a statutory holiday, but on this particular year, nobody except for largely UCP staffers and elected officials had gone anywhere. So everybody yeah. was at home and everybody was not doing all of the things or recovering from new year's is would probably be the normal tradition. And Jason Kenny got up and he said, well, you know, I never explicitly told them that they should stay home and, and you, yeah, we probably should have have done that because there should be a higher standard, but there wasn't. But I take full responsibility, but there's not going to be any consequences. So it, it, to me, that kind of set the tone for the rest of the year, not only because it was on January 1st, so it's the first day of the new year, but also because it was such a, such a well we're going to performatively take responsibility but we're not actually going to take responsibility we're we're going to just say yeah that was bad and and we'll issue an edict in the in the i've in the future to say you you should not do the things that you ask people not to do <laughs> So that was, that was my, my number nine. And it's interesting because yeah. in one of, our, one of our interviews this year, we had a conversation uh, with um, a well-known political pundit who made a point of saying that if there was a moment that he would put a pin in in regards to when the wheels started to really come off for the UCP, it would have been uh, that moment. Yeah. So that's, that's my, my first contribution to the countdown. Sarah, you get number eight.
1: Uh, So, number eight, so, um, it's not necessarily related to provincial politics, but it did happen in the province, I would say the election of G.O.T. Gondek. So, full disclosure, I was part of Mrs. Gondek's team, um, when we launched the campaign, she was pulling at three percent, um... And it just showed how quite progressive and not oh so conservative the city of Calgary is. Uh, Jeremy Farkas had the UCP machine behind him. Well, it's, I guess it's kind of linked to the the provincial. We know that Mister Allen was working on this team. Um, we know that you know uh, Jeremy Farkas really had the big, the big big blue machine behind him and. You know, with the contact campaign, um, with the means the campaign had, uh, it's, it's my personal number eight. Um, it would be GOT's election. Personally, that,
0: that's fair enough, and it certainly have. I mean, I have to, I have to tread a little bit carefully here because yes. full disclosure for any of our listeners who aren't familiar, I, I didn't run for mayor, but I did run for city council, and I got my ass handed to. <laughs> Yeah, oh, big time, big time. That's it's, yeah. I've I've gotten very, very good at uh, at losing elections, as my my co-host Aliyah, pointed out in our post-municipal election special that we did up at the legislature.
1: It's not a bad thing, though.
0: It's not. I, I think it's that there's. True. Yeah, I, I grew up punk rock, and one of the things that I've I've always said is that one of the best things that I ever learned from from growing up punk rock was. How to put up a fight and still lose and get back off the mat and put up another fight right away. So it's it's. But I I do agree that the the election of of Jody Gondek was definitely a bit of a shift for the city of Calgary, and it also has had a fairly significant impact on the provincial politics realm because she has. It did. It seems like she's got a little bit of a hobby of of picking fights with provincial governments. Uh, She's picked. uh,
1: how could we say uh, we? If anyone followed the campaign, we uh, were we were able to tell that when Jyoti was picking up a fight with Mister Kenny, her numbers would go up. For example, um, the big child care agreement uh, when she put up that tweet. You know, well they they won't do anything. For us, so, you know, Trudeau, let's talk. Yeah. Perhaps we could get it done through the city. Jyoti decided that she was done waiting on the province to take action to the things that are important to her, um, that she sees that, you know, it's taking too long, there's too, there's too much non challenge coming from the current government uh, this summer with the mask bylaw when we were promised the best summer ever um, that was quite interesting she 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 hold her own on that one uh, but we we did notice that when G.O.T. was picking up was picking Mr. Kenny uh, her popularity was going right back up Um, so, you know, for Jyoti to go from 3% with zero name recognition to 45% straight off the bat when the polls started to come out and remain at 45%, um, that was quite, uh, that was quite the task. It was a long, long, hard campaign. Um, it was interesting with the Davidson saga in the background and whatnot. Um, but yeah, that's my number eight. It's, yeah, G O T.
0: That's fair. Yeah. Um, my number seven, well, the one that I'm going to throw out for number seven, actually dovetails quite nicely with that because I think that it's important to to highlight, Mister. You talked about the the change in approval ratings for Mayor Gondek, but I think that one of the biggest stories in provincial politics has to be the consistently plummeting. Uh, approval ratings for Premier Jason Kenney. Oh, yes, the uh, 20%
1: basement. The, the
0: yeah. 20%, 20% basement. basement. And as, as we pointed out yesterday uh, on our Twitter account, currently, based on informal numbers that are are quite reliable, but they haven't been released by the provincial government, so we're relying on people who are inside to communicate them because the, the province has gone on vacation. Um, currently, the positivity rate in Alberta as, for December 24th is currently higher than Jason Kenney's approval ratings.
1: And yeah, but I got something that just came in that it's over 20% now.
0: The the positivity rate? Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah. it's, it's it's well above twenty percent right now. Um, so the fact that Kenny has been lambasted not only uh, in the province of Alberta but across the country for his handling of COVID. And his approval numbers are, as we're leaving 2021, his approval numbers are actually lower than the current positivity rate for COVID. And one of the things that's important to bear in mind with those numbers is that with the province's move to uh Basically, eliminate access to PCR testing for anybody who isn't working in a, a critical role, like healthcare workers. Um, with the and and has encouraged now uh, Albertans to rely on the rapid testing. Mm-hmm. Um, that means that we have no idea how many of those people who are getting rapid tested or coming back or like doing the rapid test at home are coming back with positive results. And so the we're, we're at a point where the, the numbers that people should probably be at- paying attention to over the coming weeks and months are not necessarily even going to be the positivity rate, which is record high right now but it's also going to be people are going to have to be paying attention to the hospitalizations and the divisions because yeah. that's where we don't have any kind of way of of keeping track of what the numbers are in the field anymore and so it really focuses really pushes the focus onto the the numbers that we're going to be seeing in the hospitals over the over the coming weeks
1: Yeah, today i, I so you know we 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 were some of the lucky ones that got rapid tests um so we i used a couple this week because i was not feeling well and i was symptomatic um i'm lucky i know how to administer i know how to i remember nurse by training and i know how to go and collect do the swab and on that um one of my biggest concerns it's not it's not necessarily user friendly enough for some of the population out there to do. Um
0: Oh yeah. Like if you yeah. if you've had a, a a a test done, you know that when they go for your the nasal swab, it sucks. It's yeah, not my fun. my
1: my husband says that I cra- I scraped his brain out.
0: Exactly. So yeah. the idea that the the average layperson who has maybe never had a COVID test before understands that you have to go until you pretty much reach the back, and that's a lot farther than you might think. Um, it's a few that, inches long. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. that's 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 gonna. I think skew the, the numbers, and certainly we've seen uh, anecdotal reports on social media of plenty of people who have said uh, my first test was, was negative. negative, so I, I did a second one and drilled back farther, and gosh, it came back positive. Cool.
1: Uh, There's a the thing, so I can't really talk about, about um, testing, unfortunately, um, for business reasons at the moment, for personal reasons, but what I would say is that There's a lot of people out there that will have COVID that will never know. Yes. The numbers—it's now—it's the equivalent of trying to figure out how many colds we had in this province. It's out of control. They're not able to trace it anymore. Um, I would say that by next Friday, we're going to have—we're probably going to be hitting ten thousand positive PCRs. And then by then we're going to be reaching our limit. Um, in Ottawa, uh, the word on the street is, well, you know, if your if your rapid test is positive, isolate. Don't don't contact us. Uh, Quebec just launched a uh, website today for self reporting, and I, I sent a tweet out today. You know that that very expensive Alberta app. Yes. That we never really use. Well, Why? I think ten people. Ten people did. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, thank you. I would like to thank those ten people. Um, it's it's a good team effort. But why could the government not use that app as a self reporting tool?
0: I would be willing to wager that a big part of the the reason for that is because they couldn't get the app to work in the first place for the very longest time. Yeah. Uh, and so... But think
1: yeah. about it, it's there. It could be used as a self-reporting tool.
0: In theory, um, but the concern. In theory, that, yeah. Yeah. Theory. The, the The concern, the fundamental concern that I have, and 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 this is something that I think that we're seeing again, a lots of anecdotal reports on uh, social media, is that there is still a staggering number of people who are not taking uh, things seriously. seriously.
1: Yeah. Um, um, just for an example, I'm going to give you a hilarious example of how non-serious some people are taking it. I'm going to. Give an example from my family um my father's oh well, my father lives in a different province, but he's seventy five years old uh had a stroke and open heart surgery uh lung cancer scare name it, he had it all um him and his girlfriend decided to wait until the holidays to get their boosters because they don't want to feel under the weather during Christmas time.
0: That's a bold choice.
1: it's 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 a it's a case of hold my beer and watch me go and unfortunately my dad has been socializing quite a bit in the past week oh dear so uh yeah oh dear yes so my uh my answer to him is i will not be taking a plane because your sorry ass will be in the hospital with covid call me a ungrateful daughter call me a horrible daughter but that, to me, uh, my jaw dropped when they gave me their reasoning, and my I think it's j- a- jaw dropped.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important yeah. to note that one of the, the narratives that's out there is the whole idea that that Omicron is not, as bad. Is, is not as bad. But the one of the things that we are seeing from healthcare specialists, um, epidemiologists all over the place is the fact that the concern isn't so much that the symptoms aren't as bad for most people. The concern is it's like more transmissible than measles. Yeah. And if you have, and we talked a little bit about this on the episode last week, but if you have a, a 1% hospitalization rate um, with uh, regular flavor COVID, well, you know, you get 10 people, that's one person, not a big deal. But if you have a 0.5% hospitalization rate and 1,000 people get it, well, now you're talking about 50 people in the hospital. So it's, it's a very different beast from the, the, or sorry, five people in the hospital. It, it, when you have much larger numbers, even though a smaller percentage might uh, require a more intense level of care, that doesn't necessarily mean that the hospital system isn't going to be overwhelmed. And as we saw with our conversation with Mark, Mike Parker just a couple of weeks ago, the, the situation for many healthcare departments, but in particular EMS right now, is well past critical, uh, and yep. so the the conversation should not be, "Well, it's mild, so you know I'll be okay." The conversation should be. Um, it's it's hopefully mild for most people, but if everybody gets it, we're still talking about tens of thousands of people who could potentially require hospital care. And that but will be.
1: I think that people also forget that our zero to five are not vaccinated yet. Yes. And you know, I will only be sleeping a hundred percent well at night when my two girls are vaccinated. Number one is 50% vaccinated. Well, she got her first dose. She's set for her next dose in four weeks. Uh, but my 14 months old is, she, she cannot get vaccinated. So I think there's a, we need to stop selling. It's like saying, oh yeah, but it's not a, it's not a very bad syphilis
0: yeah exactly it's we still syphilis
1: stop. <laughs> yeah it's still syphilis right or no it's just it, it, there's nothing like being just a little bit pregnant yeah you know it's it's either you're pregnant or you're not um i would compare it it's either you have covid or you don't there's no in between the vaccine so the reason the reasoning probably why so there's a couple things like omicron like COVID is trying to mutate into a smart virus. So that means is that it will try to be less, uh, to not kill as many hosts as what it used to when it originally did, because the virus is trying to survive, hence the mutations. Yeah. Um, but little babies, and they're with their tiny, all, uh, just... Okay, so just for an example, uh, my daughter was born in the midst of the second wave in October 2020. Um, When she started daycare, she had zero immune system. Zero. Like, the first cold was horrifying. She was so sick. So those babies have not, unless you send them to daycare, I send mine to daycare, so she gets a cold every two weeks, um, unless uh, they have been exposed those bubble babies because really they're bubble wrapped. Um, they don't have as many ex- as much exposure as what the kids three, four, five years ago had. So their immune system is not as strong. And I feel like we are getting about those babies. We are forgetting about those kids. Anyways, so. Yeah, there is
0: that. Yeah. My number 5 yes. is it actually just happened this week. And I picked it for one of my higher ranking picks because I mean A on its face in and of itself it's uh it's pretty spicy. But what it represents, I think, is is far more important. And what I'm talking about is the search warrant that was executed on NDP MLA Thomas Dang while he was out skiing. And the reason for any—we we don't know for absolute certain what the the details of the, the situation are. And I think that's really, really important to highlight um, because there's a lot of speculation that's been going on. And I think that's very, very dangerous. But what we do know— uh, is Mr. Dang did uh, put out a statement himself where he talked about what he believed the, the, the cause of the situation was. And what he said at that time was that it was a result of him uh, exploring vulnerabilities in one of the Government, Alberta, government of Alberta health sites. And this is where it gets uh, it gets pretty complicated. Um, yeah. Because first of all, it's important to note that he does have a background in um, computers and coding and software and stuff, so it is in his wheelhouse. But the 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 big biggest takeaway from, for me is the fact that we are currently in a place in this province where the unfortunate reality is that the faith in the government's ability to uh, a protect its institutions effectively and b do have those institutions do their job has eroded to the point where a ndp mla who by really any real measure should have known better um, was able to apparently uh, exploit security vulnerabilities that existed in some of these databases. Um, now, mm-hmm. I, I have no doubts that that what he was doing came from a place where he was trying to highlight security weaknesses. I mean, the, the, two of the terms that you hear used a lot in the, the computer universe are the, the white hats and the, the, the black hats. And I have no doubt that he was coming at things from a very sort of white hat harm, let's, let's, let's solve the problem approach. But he still uh, made some choices that were problematic, to the point where a search warrant was executed on his house. Yep. And that, to me, is is the biggest takeaway. Because when somebody who's in government trusts the government—well, he's not in government, in the opposition. When an when elected official in the opposition has so little faith in the government's abilities to do its job, that he takes it onto himself to try to determine whether or not there are security risks, which there were— um, boy, have we, like, so much faith has been lost. And that's really, really scary to me.
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to take it from an issue management, damage control perspective from what I do for a living. Uh, Mr. Dang's statement was extremely bad. Um, And... He should have taken a different approach. He should have not admitted that he did such you know so 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 and such. Uh, uh, the 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 the, the, kinda, the the hot seat management was poor on that issue. Rachel's not least sides like, okay, guys, well, he's under RCMP investigation, so we have rules here. I cannot comment any further at the moment. And then Deng came out with that statement, which I'm seriously questioning if it's been seen by a lawyer first. Um, but uh, unfortunately, the uh, the hot seat management was poor. The crisis communication was poor. He should have, from a professional standpoint, he should have never came out that way, ever. It was the worst. It's the worst way to position yourself. And it's pretty much, unfortunately, it's pretty much admitting what you have done, but it should have said, he should have confirmed that his house was visited by RCMP. He does think that it's related to this, this, and that. I will have no any further comment for the moment. It should have stopped
0: there. My my whole thing... The, the thought that went through my head with the statement was the the fact that he said um a concern was raised so i went in and and tested these concerns which is effectively him saying yeah i hacked the system Yeah, uh, that's and
1: exactly fa- that's i didn't want to say it but yeah yes. and found he, committed, he, he he confirmed the crime
0: yeah and here's here's my thing like a Okay, well, I, I, I respect the the transparency. I and I, and I certainly heard from from a lot of people who said things. We got we got tons of comments and tons of DMs where people were like, "Yeah, that was maybe not the best choice, but he's showing more transparency than you know any of the other people who are in elected roles that are currently being investigated by the RCMP." Yeah. Um, so there is there is I'll, I will give him that. But the other thought that went through my head right away is, "Gosh, what if this wasn't about that?" Because now he's just admitted to a whole nother, nother yeah. thing. Uh, I
1: would, I will say the comms on this issue with Mr. Dang is just as bad as the NDP comms these days.
0: Well, they're, they're on... It, it a,
1: was not handled properly.
0: Yeah, they're on a bit of a yeah. roll.
1: Yeah, you know. Number four,
0: Sarah, what do you got?
1: <sighs> Number four. Oh, God. I would say... Um the longest month of august ever where mr kenny went on vacation which is fine it's fine to go on vacation um but minister lagrange was in charge of health and did nothing that's my number four that's because it leads to the fourth wave it does um
0: yeah
1: no um The inactions that occurred this summer with, really, Minister LaGrange sitting tight on her curriculum, uh, watching the province burn down, and Dr. Hensha being either told not to, you know, be present, or... Heck, maybe she was on vacation too. Who knows? Um really the absence of governance in August was quite astonishing, and that deserves a solid number four. Um,
0: there we go. There you um go. number and, three. Oh yeah, sorry, go ahead. Number, uh, no,
1: go ahead. No, go ahead.
0: I, I I'm giving number three the the curriculum. And only I I, I went back and forth between Uh, this being, I mean, it's, it's, it's number three in our list, but I had to choose between number one and number two on, on my list. And I went back and forth between this one and what will end up being number one on, on things. Um, and I really went with the curriculum as number three, because I think that the, the number one thing kind of reinforces just how, how much trouble we're in as a province. But to me, The fact that this curriculum has has been rolled out, it has been protested so loudly by so many people who know so many things about what curriculum should actually look like. I mean, there's a big difference between... You take a look at who some of the, the the spokespeople who were for the for the UCP curriculum change. One of them has been very active in the last week and a half. Um, these are people who are not speaking from a place of experience or authority in their field. These are people who are trained in other fields and think that they don't like what they think they're seeing and. That is, you know, I'm I'm not saying that that, that people's frustrations and concerns shouldn't be listened to. I think they should come from important places. But I'm not saying that people's frustrations and concerns shouldn't be listened to. But there's a big difference between somebody – like if I take my car – uh, and I ask my neighbor to take a look at it. And he goes, oh, yeah, it's it's not driving. That's a big problem. And then I take it to the mechanic and he's able to say specifically, here's what the problem is. Here's what you need to do to fix it. I should be listening to the mechanic more than I should be listening to, to my neighbor or even perhaps my own instincts. I've, I've broken things trying to fix them. So it's important to, to really recognize that there is a tremendous value in expertise. And there was no expertise that was calling out the curriculum that was scheduled to be released. And again, it's important to highlight that that curriculum was not the NDP curriculum. It was a curriculum that spanned multiple governments. Um, And it was a curriculum that had not been implemented in any classroom. So all of the things that people were air quotes complaining about didn't exist in that new curriculum that was ready to go whereas you take a look at the people who are criticizing the the UCP's proposed curriculum and these are people who are highly highly specialized in curriculum development they're highly highly specialized in education and in early childhood education and the fact that you have so many people who are coming from such a high level of expertise who have been lighting their hair on fire for the like literally an entire year and change that to me is it has to be one of the 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 biggest stories and the fact that the ucp have Only in part blinked a little bit on the social studies curriculum, but are going ahead with other elements of the curriculum at a time when teachers across the province are making it clear that their bandwidth is maxed, it's past being maxed. The fact that all of that is going on and this government is pursuing what is not only a way more ideologically driven curriculum than the one that was developed over multiple governments, but the fact that they're doing so at a time where teachers are begging for uh, a break to me is—I mean, I— there are no laws being broken, so it's not technically criminal. But from a, it's it's certainly morally criminal to me. Uh, and the other piece of it that's so important is because this curriculum is so so flawed, and it has demonstrable factual errors. I mean, according to the the, the curriculum, our hour long episode is only going to last sixty seconds. Um, this is going to inflict real harm on generations of Albertans. And that's tremendous. So, uh, I don't know. Do you, do you have anything add to the, the, the curriculum conversation?
1: Not really. I think we've talked so much about it. Um, the pushback, I'm just glad that the pushback that, um everybody out there uh all the organizers and professors and all that i'm glad they have been listened to they have been listened to the way they were hoping for probably not but at least it's not being implemented that that's really the only thing just
0: the social studies though
1: yeah just the social studies let's keep an eye on everything else um that damn curriculum it it's just like dragging on my heel all the time. It's 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 a shame. I really don't have anything more to say to it. It's just it's unfortunate, and you know there will be changes again in the year and a half. That's really. I'm not a curriculum specialist. I'm a parent. Um, but yeah, I I. I think she said everything that had to be said about the curriculum.
0: Well, then number two goes to you.
1: My number two, my number two is Mister Kenny's survival at the UCP. There uh, we go. Um. So, how it was the first point of order in the convention? Uh, his supermajority didn't pass. They voted for an early review. The board reviewed it and said, "Nah, we're good." And Mister Kenny is still in power, so we're gonna have to give it to the man. He's really good at whipping. It's true. He's really good at surviving, and you know, it's almost a Hunger game right now. Um, we will give him that. He is a fine politician, knowing how to 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 try to stay in power. We will give him that. He's really good at it. He uh, surrounded he, he, he surrounded himself with the people he needed to stay in power. Um, it's, if it would have been a different leader, it would uh, that leader would have been gone a long time ago.
0: Well, I think that's one of the things that I've always always tried to sort of give him credit for. Which he's a
1: good it. politician.
0: He's an incredible political operator. He clearly can't yeah. lead his way out of a wet paper bag. But when it comes to being a political operative, when it comes to playing the game, there Who are knows. very few people in Alberta politics or even Canadian politics that I would argue can operate as effectively, if not shrewdly and cravenly, uh, as, as the, the current Yeah, Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, I have seen him in action in the past 2004 2005 2006 and on and he is a extremely smart politician um as when it comes to political strategy and all that policy wise well we kind of see like that's the thing like we had no positive we had no positive if you look at the press over the past two years tell me one thing that has been said minus rick bell rick bell doesn't count guys nor the sun
0: nor does staples Uh, let's just be real clear about that Yeah,
1: david staples the only thing i want for christmas is david staples to lose his twitter account
0: that would both of them Uh,
1: but so um can we find anything positive about the premier about this government in the past 2 years extremely positive
0: i Have... you know i tried when i was going through the the year of of tweets from the breakdown uh, which took way longer than i care to admit because holy cow do we tweet way too much um, but there was really like the best thing that you could find were little moments where you were like, well, they didn't suck as much as they could have. Uh, and, and that's, that's the high watermark. Uh, so it's, it's, I, I, I wanted to challenge myself when I was putting together this list to see if I could come up with something that was like, Hey, they got that right. And it, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't find anything.
1: No. Um, You know, even when uh, the child care. Creeman got struck. Um So uh, it was not even like, hey, thanks Kenny. Thank you, Minister Schultz, it was thanks Trudeau.
0: Well, it was thanks Trudeau, and then it was, and here's all of the things that you missed, like the the yeah. response from people that very quickly pointed out that there were huge gaps in the in the program, and while it's it's an improvement, it's not a victory lap. Well, so um,
1: what's interesting? So I got a letter. So I, I pay for childcare. Uh, I think our cost is twelve thirty a month for the fourteen months old. Um, so we received a letter the other day they were like okay if you are in those so uh, the rollout has been communicated extremely poorly so the other day I got a letter from Minister Schultz that's been passed on to daycare passed on to us that says if you are in those bracket you do qualify for subsidy and I looked at it and I was like well shit I'm not getting anything so Okay, we're we're a few of the lucky ones when we're like, okay, so we're not getting anything. But then there's another letter that came out that said, "Okay, well, here's how the um, the federal subsidy will work, but I don't even know yet how much I'm going to be paying in February because I'm still paying full price in January. February is going to roll out. I really wish and you know, uh, I really wish that there were some positive stories around Jason Kenney because it needs to happen to a politician once in a while, but there was no feel good stories. It's just like, oh, hey, Amazon is investing like X amount of dollars in Calgary for their super cloud base, but that's so little jobs.
0: Well, the, the the victory laps that he has taken in regards to the jobs have been exactly that. We've been talking about ten yeah. jobs or twenty jobs. Yeah, or, it's nothing.
1: It's oh. it's a nothing burger. But I really wish we would have some feel because every leader needs a feel good story. You know, a fuzzy, warm, nice feeling story. But I feel like we have not had that yet. There's no. I have not seen anything positive over the past two years. Yes. About Mr. Kenny. And if it would have been a different leader, that leader would have been gone a long time ago. But because it is Jason, Jason is still there. And let's not forget that the UCP is Jason Kenny's party.
0: Oh, there's no question. Yeah. So what I chose for my number one, and after, after I throw this one out there, well, if, if we have a couple minutes left, if anybody else, if you have a a, a news thing or a, an event in the Alberta politics realm that you feel like we missed, like I said earlier, raise your hand and uh, let us know what we screwed up. Um, but to me, I go back to one of the biggest stories over the last year or biggest events was the ethics commissioner's report on the mask procurement from last year's school year, um, and I say that I say that this was was my biggest one, not only because we we played a small role in it, um, but because it highlights and it ties to so many of the other things that we've talked about. So, for anybody who isn't familiar, we'll, I'll just do a quick little synopsis. Um, it, we'll, Back, not this year, sort of like not 2021, but in 2020, uh, when we were coming out of the summer and we were heading into the school year, one of the things that the Alberta government reluctantly did was it agreed that it would provide some... PPE for uh, kids and teachers and some hand sanitizer and, and, I mean, really, that was effectively it. Um, But the procurement deal for those masks got a lot of attention because a huge order was placed with Old Navy and a, a substantial order was placed with a smaller Alberta procurement company. And that Alberta procurement company is a company that Jason Kenny had just toured a couple of weeks beforehand, and it's a company that is in Adriana LaGrange's constituency. So that raised a whole bunch of red flags. And we did a FOIP uh, request on it and got a boatload of information that we just made public for any journalist who wanted to take a look at it because we're not journalists. And it was very, very clear that the way that the the deal for the red deer company went was not in line with any established government procurement pathways. And it, it very clearly seemed to demonstrate that uh, there had been influence from inside of the elected side of the government to push for this company inside of Adriana Grange's constituency that Jason Kenney had just toured. The ethics commissioner did a investigation to take a look at that at the request of a, a bunch of people. And the ethics commissioner determined that they couldn't rule that anything uh that adriana lagrange had um influenced things for two very simple reasons first of all the all of the key players spontaneously couldn't remember a bunch of details that were really really important uh and the ethics commissioner had to weigh well do i What's more likely? Is it more likely that a minister of the crown has forgotten these things, or is it more likely that a minister of the crown is lying? And she uh, ruled on the balance of probabilities that it was more likely that the Adriana LaGrange and all of her high-ranking staff— despite the fact that several people on the bureaucracy side of the government said, oh, no, there was pressure from the government. Uh, Despite that fact, the ethics commissioner ruled that it was probably just they forgot. And that gets to be a really big deal for me because this is the same person who's responsible for the the new curriculum that's coming out. This is the same person as you pointed out earlier, Sarah, that was responsible for the the health ministry when Tyler Shandro went on vacation and during the best summer ever, and that turned into the fourth wave. Um, the the level of either deception or incompetence as is stated by the ethics commissioner herself that was involved in this story and the fact that this minister has remained in her portfolio and responsible for much more critical portfolios for periods of time while other ministers were on vacation and as you pointed out there's nothing wrong with a minister going on vacation but i think that there is a very valid question of who are you leaving in charge especially during the biggest public health crisis of just about everyone's lifetime. I think that there are some very real questions to to be asked around that. And it speaks to the at the very least, the perception, I mean, I would argue that to me, I am not. I don't look at things as generously as the ethics commissioner does. I don't believe that Adriana Lagrange forgot. I don't have the the balance of probabilities problem because I'm just the host of a podcast. I think it's far more likely to me. I mean, the fact that you have multiple people at high levels of government who did such a bad job with this situation and then were like, they pulled the Ronald Reagan defense. Um, I mean, at least Reagan had dementia. Uh, it's, it's beyond the pale that these people would not only pull that defense at the cost of the ethics and the integrity of the government, but the fact that they would remain in their roles and be given a higher level of responsibility because they effectively did what I believe they did is I believe that they just did what they were told. I believe that they, they paid their political debts as they were supposed to, um, I don't have the evidence to back that up. It's just my personal belief. Uh, But that to me, I can't think of a better symbol for everything that's going wrong in Alberta than what came out with that whole mask situation.
1: It's the past 20 months in a nutshell. Yeah, really. It's, it's really what it is Um, from the best summer ever to the best Christmas ever, to 300 kids in your backyard, no problem, or in your basement, depends on your preference.
0: Yeah, we haven't even talked about the birthday party factor yet. Like, if, if, <laughs> under, under the new restrictions, and I just, I just got a DM the the positivity rate for Christmas twenty four percent twenty four percent the the fact that we are sitting at a the highest positivity rate in the history of this pandemic, and people are allowed to have fifty kids for a birthday party if they want to under the current restrictions, I just don't even know.
1: It's, it's quite, um, hold on for a second, my Hold on for a second.
0: <laughs> no worries. <laughs> so I'll... My
1: husband walked in and he- I, I
0: can hear the, the background going on there, yeah. <laughs>
1: Sorry, guys. And you brought me a snack.
0: <laughs> well, everybody needs snacks, especially <laughs> at the holidays.
1: You brought me a snack. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, oh, it's pizza. He ordered it.
0: Well, that's nice
1: yeah that's that's nice uh so no like really we uh, and i don't want to sound sound alarmist or anything of the like but our uh, in general in all the provinces right now the public health system has lost control on the pandemic we the numbers that will be fed to us will not be accurate numbers anymore we are in a, it is beyond our control now. And personal responsibility is more important than ever because there are no, like for some, the the numbers were were a source of of comfort for some. Well, okay, we only had 50 cases today. Okay, you know, it's going well. It's, It's doing better. Um, I know it was bringing me some comfort when I would see low numbers, but now the fact that my social media is filled with, oh shit, I got, I got COVID. um, And you know, it's, it's really, <laughs> it is unfortunate that we are at that point, but is it surprising? No, no. And, you know, I really hope for next year and i really hope that our healthcare system will not be overwhelmed uh, but we are seeing the pressure right now there's numbers for icu uh today are 54 which is much more reasonable than 68 weeks ago but i really 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 hope and i believe i'm being unreasonable is that or maybe asking for too much is that I hope that people will wake up. I hope the restaurant operators really do check the vaccine passports to make sure those people are vaccinated. I really hope they use the app when you walk walking to a restaurant, because I had a few reports of a few restaurants, not scanning the vaccine passport, just looking at it and be like, okay, you're good to go. Um, you know, I really hope that all of those conservative um partisan people will have a look at the situation and be like, okay, now it is time for personal responsibility to freaking kick in. Like, give yourself, a, give your head a shake and wake up. Because what will come, or God forbid if the kids, and I really hope the kids will not get back to school on January 4th, I really hope, and I surely hope that those people that choose to not vaccinate their kids or their families will not have to deal with an overwhelmed healthcare system, because you could be told no at the door, and that might cost a life. And I do not know how to make people understand that that oh so golden personal responsibility that they've been touting for the 20 past months. Now is the time to put it in use and be smart about it. You don't want to get vaccinated. Fine. Stay home. You don't want to check the vaccine passports at your restaurant because you believe in personal responsibility. Well, you know what serve takeout because we're going to be in that mess for much, much much longer, and maybe, maybe it will cost the life of a loved one. And I'm not being overly dramatic.
0: No, I don't think you're, I I think you're being maybe a little optimistic because I'm not going to lie, last night we have a a family tradition in my house where we drive around the neighborhood uh, and we take a look at all the Christmas lights displays on Christmas. And last night as we were driving around, I counted uh, three very, very large gatherings uh, where you, you're driving by the house. You can see that there's like 16 cars parked all around the house. They got the front windows open and you can see that it's packed inside. Um, the The unfortunate reality is that there are, to me, uh, there are just far too many people who still – are not be are not able to appreciate the potential severity of the situation, and I really yeah. do. If, if I could add another number one to our list, uh, it would be all of the the incredibly mixed and incredibly inconsistent communication that we have gotten from the the government in regards to what's been going on with with COVID. Uh, yeah. They have been all over the map with it, and I think that that has given people a lot of very just reasons to to question uh, and to be suspicious of well that's what they're saying this week but last week it was this and yeah, but you know, we
1: are all tired yeah the healthcare workers are exhausted let's not forget you know we get a good rise once in a while oh this person's cancer surgery has been canceled well that's not okay but why do you pack your house with 25 people to have turkey with grandma Yes. Like, the left hand is not talking to the right hand. And it is... So much is at play here. Because, you know, if we think that if we elect the NDP in 2023, everything's going to come back to normal. Guys, I have bad news for you. We're going to be dealing with an overwhelmed, decimated, destroyed... And burn down hair care workers. It's yep. just going to get worse. So, if we think that we just need to write it out for another 15 months and hope that Rachel Notley goes in next election, I have news for you. It's not going to get better overnight.
0: Yep.
1: So if you wanna... wanted, yeah. So, I wanna. Yeah go ahead I was just go. gonna say
0: I I, I want to end things on a positive note yes um, because all too often um, it it uh... We do a little bit of. Well, I, you're far more optimistic than I am, Sarah. And when we do these live things, I tend to be way more doom and gloom and angry and cynical. So I,
1: I'm trying.
0: It's I, I, I think you balance things out incredibly well, given what you have to work with. Um, but I want to. I want to just talk about a few of the amazing things that have happened on uh in alberta politics in in our little sandbox at the breakdown first of all i want to say a huge thank you to so many of the the creatives out there um there's we, we got another uh ucp vacation poster this year from the creatives in alberta um the 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 podcasts that are coming out um other other obviously other than ours uh but there's there's podcasts that come out women of ab poly is an amazing amazing uh podcast and they they kind of took a little bit of a break there for a while but they have come back and they have been spitting absolute fire and it has been amazing to listen to I, i i if you don't follow their podcast Get on it right away because it's so so good. Um, the there are so many amazing. Uh people on social media and on Twitter who are not only trying to hold this government to account, but who are also doing what they can to bring a little bit of, of humor. Uh, I mean, I, I go to, uh, a really easy example would be at Jason on the drums. Um, he, (laughs) The, the the weekly updates that we get are are amazing and they uh, I'll be honest they have definitely turned into some of the the topic things that we've been uh, utilizing they're like a cribs notes for us which is absolutely fantastic um, it is great to see listening tonight I got to give a special shout out to this this person because not only does this person make me laugh every time they post something on TikTok. They're also pretty much the only reason why I have a, a TikTok account. Emma um, Didi? So, so good. So good. <laughs> if you don't follow Emma right now, and I still think that she needs to punk handle that name up and, and, and pronounce it the way that I was pronouncing it before I got corrected. Uh, because her, her, her stuff is deadly. Um But Emma's, Emma's stuff is, is so, so good. It is so honest. It's so visceral. And I just can't say enough, enough good things about it. Really. I mean, we're pretty judicious by and large about who we, we retweet, um, And I know that there's some people who say that's not true, but I don't care. Um, But there's some, we're pretty judicious. And and the the content that's being created by people who just care about this province is so, so, so amazing. Um, And I also want to give a particular year-end shout-out to... the the, jur- the the journalists, because, again, we're not journalists. We have never claimed to be. We never will claim to be. We're not trying to pull a, some sort of rebel media move or anything like that. We I don't are, want to
1: be a journalist. No,
0: no, no, no. Too really? much res- too much responsibility, no. too much work. I do not have the bandwidth for it. But we are able to do what we do in large part because there are so many amazing journalists out there. Michelle um,
1: Bellefontaine.
0: Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin Nimick, yeah. um, he's, he's another one that, that is just fantastic. Courtney Theralt is another one. Like I, I really would, if you, if you, if you're, if you're listening to this right now and if you want to, uh, show some support for some amazing human beings, don't necessarily go through and retweet and like our stuff, but take a look at the, the accounts that we're, we're trying to amplify because there are so many people who are just so awesome and amazing and inspirational. And I could go on about that. Um, and I also want to say one other little thing here. Um, and it's just a thank you to everybody, uh, who has been listening to the breakdown, who has been supporting the breakdown, who has been amplifying the breakdown. Um, we hit a, a new milestone today. Um, that I never in a million years would have believed that that we've gotten to. Uh, anybody who pays attention to us knows that we largely we're most active on Twitter. We we're starting to play a little bit with Facebook, um, but. Facebook, is honestly, Facebook is a bigger dumpster fire to me than than Twitter is. So, like, Twitter feels safer. But on Twitter today, uh, we crossed the line, uh, and despite our account for only having been up for two and a half years, we have now crossed the line to over 20,000 followers. And I am not somebody who ever talks about our our metrics, um, because that's vain and gross, but it is a... (laughs) huge honor for everybody who contributes to the show and is part of the show in any way that we have there there are people who want to to listen to what we're we're trying to do and see i'm Um,
1: at 699 followers right now so i never never thought i would have
0: so somebody needs to, before we end this no, live don't. broadcast, no, somebody no, no. needs to to push Sarah to 700. No, if if no. you're listening and you have not followed Sarah yet at Sarah B Y Y C, get her, get her past the 700 before, before the show is over. Um,
1: but Nate, I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for uh, a being my friend. Aww. i listening to my frustrations are a year long because i was a frustrated human this year this year i'm not gonna lie um uh, and i'm glad we get to do this together sometimes i have to be careful about the subjects and i have limits of limitations on what i can discuss for sure and I, and because of the nature of the work that i'm doing but i i want to thank you for that Oh well, um, for it respecting, is... and sometimes i'm gonna sound like a conservative supporter, and sometimes i'm gonna sound like I'm part of the left girls, but thank you for putting up with my antics. I would say
0: it is an honor and a privilege to be clear uh that that you Show up every every weekend, and and you 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 balance out my my insanity. So, and
1: I I, I would like to uh, thank my husband for picking up yes my antidepressants um, once a month instead of pharmacy.
0: Well, and and for minding the shop while you while you do this, I got to th- well now that we're doing that, I got to thank my my wife and my family for yeah. for all of the stuff that they they let me do, and I'm gonna end it on this note. We both. I just checked your Twitter page, Sarah. Oh, no. 703. You guys are the
1: best. <laughs> so funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you so Thank much, guys. everybody. We're going to be doing this. Uh, we're doing this again next weekend. It's going to be our first of the new year. Um,
1: what date is it going to be next weekend? I need to look up my calendar. It's going
0: to be the second.
1: Oh, shit. Is that a problem? No, it's not. No, no, not at all. Okay. I just realized I need to book up plane ticket for vancouver for work in, oh there you go in january but i don't want to go but here guys here's the issue like a lot of people like me are having issues right now with work because we need to go places but we're trying to be smart about it so you don't, you don't want to disappoint your clients but you don't want to catch covid yeah so what do you do
0: uh <laughs> I, I have no good answers
1: and you're not allowed to have an n95 on the plane
0: which is just so dumb. I don't but, get it.
1: But Merry Christmas.
0: Merry um, Christmas. Happy New Year local. to everyone. Shop local. Shop local. Uh,
1: eat local.
0: And take care of yourselves. Like, like and that's I know everybody says that self-care. performatively, but self care is so important. Find something that makes you happy at least once a day. Yeah. Whatever that something is, and and enjoy it. Because I'm going
1: to go read my book that my husband bought me called How to Build a Goddamn Empire. There we go. (laughs) And it's pink. So I'm going to go do that.
0: you do that? And we will talk to you next week. And to everybody uh, who's listening to this live and everybody who's listening to the podcast version, this is the shameless plug or your cue to jump off of the room. As always, if you appreciate what we're trying to do here, you can support us at our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash the breakdown AB. And even just a tiny monthly amount helps us to continue to build what we're trying to do here. And I know I mentioned it last week as well, but there's this new mic kit that's coming out that I'm so Excited for. So uh if that's uh, something that you, you have the bandwidth to do, please, please do. And we will see everybody here next week. Happy next holidays. Week. We'll have right.
1: COVID numbers to talk about next week.
0: Boy, howdy, I bet we will.
1: Yeah.
0: Talk to you later. <laughs> talk to you later. Bye bye. Bye bye.